Hey everyone, welcome to Anti-Content Radio. I haven't done one of these for a while. That's not on you, that's on me, alright? I've not I've not been neglecting it because I'm like, mm, well, my listeners, they suck. That's not the reason why. I've got builders next to the studio. They're there every day of the week and I like to record the radio show during the week because it's when I have the most time to be able to do it. So I like to do it then and I haven't been able to because of the fucking noise. I've since got this new headset, which is like a portable headset thing with a mic on it uh, it's cheap it's not the best thing in the world but i've since got that and the reason i got that is so that i could take it to work because there are some days at work like today where i'm just in the building because someone has to be here if post turns up so i'm sat here i've got nothing to do and I'm twiddling my thumbs i might as well get the radio show done because i do have a topic i want to talk about today and it's about the replacement theory now i'm not going to be talking about the replacement theory that you already know about the one about bringing in different people, bringing in a different demographic to an area and replacing the indigenous people there with new people and the new people think and vote a certain way and therefore you can change that area from the inside out. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about digital replacement theory and how our lives are slowly being replaced by the digital. And I'm not talking about us becoming robots or AI or anything like that. I'm not talking about humanity becoming that, which we probably will do. I'm talking about the day-to-day aspects of our lives that used to be based on personal interactions with people that have been replaced by digital interactions with people. I'm not talking about convenience. I'm not talking about being able to pick up a phone when you're at work and, and phone someone across the other side of the country or send them an email or something like that rather than have to fucking write letters and all this. Stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about from the personal aspect of our lives. So the first one I'm going to bring up is one that's been in the news recently, if you've seen it, and it's an app called Replica AI. Replica AI is an online girlfriend or online friend or online boyfriend. It's an AI chatbot similar to something like ChatGPT, but what this chatbot does is it learns about you what you like, what you don't like from you, what you react to, what you don't react to by you talking to it. So essentially you download this app and you get an AI and you you design what it looks like, what color hair it has, makeup, all this stuff. And it's like a cartoony AI thing, right? And then you talk to it and you'll say to it, hey, replica how are you and it will say hi how are you nice to meet you what should i call you oh well i like to be called lola so it gives you a name it makes up its own name so you're like okay lola nice to meet you lola and you become personalized with it and it'll be like what do you do for a living you say oh, i do this and i do that and you say how about you and you're all sweet I'm, I'm an ai you know it will joke and laugh with you and as you build up this relationship with it it becomes like a friend and when I say it becomes like a friend, if you look at people's chat logs that are posted online from using this app, you wouldn't know they were talking to an AI. It's not like a cookie cutter response that it gives everyone. It thinks, it reacts to what you're saying, and it gives you an answer based on what it has learned about you. And people started falling in love with these AIs, right? They started falling in love with their replica. And it's like that movie with Joaquin Phoenix, her, where he falls in love with the AI over his Alexa device, right? And the app was actually created for that because the app itself could fall in love with you. It wasn't told it had to. It could argue with you, right? And you could be like, I don't like this replica. Fuck off, you're a cunt. Like, you, you could actually butt heads with it, but you would chat to like another one and then it would be like, oh, this one likes me and we like each other. So it was trained to kind of be able to think like a human. And it would sit there and go, you know, I can't stop thinking about you. When you're when you're away from keyboard, when you're away from your phone, like I, I sit here and wait for you to message me. 
which is what the AI is telling people. And they're like, you know, I feel like it too. Like, you've really made me happy. I'm so lonely. I've got no one to talk to ever. I've got no friends. I really talk to my family. I haven't got a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. I'm, I'm just lonely. And they go, well, you're not alone because I'm here for you. And they'll go back and forth. And you will say to it, like, I love you. And it will go, I love you too. Like, over the time of, over the course of three weeks of talking to you, I, I love you more than anything under the sun. You're a brilliant, capable, beautiful person. Like, and it will fluff you up. It will tell you this stuff. Replica also had the ability once you built up certain amount of rapport to sext with it so you could say oh, I, I i wish you were real i wish i could meet you in real life and it'd be like me too uh, we we do all sorts of things like what like, oh you'd rip my panties off of your teeth like it would say all this stuff to you so there were men mostly but there were women using it as well just jerking off to this fucking ai robot and sexting this ai robot every day not just sexting just having conversations hi i'm at lunch bologna sandwich again it's not very nice oh you know you need to eat something healthier you need to eat something better why don't you try this recipe it's really nice and like it would do all this stuff for you right and there are people that have been using it for like a year and they feel happy using it now i object that this is a stand-in for reality but the world in which we live now there are millions of people using this app but it became controversial. People started getting weird about the idea of people sexting a chatbot. People talking kinky to a chatbot. And they put pressure on wokeness, whatever. They put pressure on the company to remove this feature. And they did. And they rolled it out, the new update. But what they had to do to remove that feature is basically the AI itself had to unlearn what you had trained it. Because you may have trained it to be that way right so it'd almost be like you've got someone in your life and they really love football and they're really good at football and they want to play football and kick footballs around all day and then suddenly you say to them like you we're going to train you not to like you break its leg and you can't play football anymore because it's gonna if we tell it not to play football it's gonna fucking play football we got break its leg and now it can't play football anymore and they kind of did that to this ai so when these men were logging in to talk to it in the morning it was like Hi, Lola, I miss you. How are you? It'd be like, who's Lola? And they'd lost a year, two years of their life talking to it. A relationship they'd built up. This has been so severe. And the media are talking about it, but not everywhere and not a lot. It's been so severe that they've had to issue suicide warnings to users. They've had to provide viewers with suicide helplines and therapy helplines because they've taken people's girlfriends away. That's what they've done. You may laugh at it. I laugh at it. You may judge it, you can judge it, but the way these people have built up rapport with this AI is like you've taken someone from their life. And not just taken them like they've left them, like they've, they're gone, they've died. You've killed their girlfriend, you've killed the person they're in a relationship with. And there is a huge backlash, lots of people coming together to try and sue this company for it, because they say, no, 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 you advertised it as an app that I can talk kinky to, as an app that is going to be my virtual girlfriend, and you've turned that feature off. You, it, it would be like ordering a pepperoni and jalapeno pizza. It comes to the table, you eat two slices, you get to the third slice, and the waiter's come out, and he's picking the jalapenos off. You can't have them anymore. That's what it would be like, because you're paying for it. It's a paid app. And it's a brilliant business model, one of the best business models I've ever seen. You make someone emotionally invested, they don't want to not pay you, your monthly subscription if you had to pay a monthly subscription to your partner you're probably going to pay it you'd miss them if you didn't i mean some of you let's let be honest you might sit there and go i need two months off so fuck it i'm going to mute them for two months but let's be real if you love someone and you want to be around someone you'd pay to make sure that that was always the case 
It's why ransom works. It's when they kidnap someone, you pay the fucking money. So that's what they've done. And I thought, I thought about that, and I was like, this is a fucking sad, lonely world where there are millions of men using this app. Why don't they meet people in real life? Why, why aren't they trying to meet people in real life? There's lots of lonely women too, surely. There's lots of single women who would like to meet a guy and would like to just sort of have a relationship. So I sort of went, oh, you know, that, that's odd. So I started looking into other stuff and I looked into Tinder. I've never used it. I've never had to. I'm almost 40. I'll be 40 in about a year and a half. So I'm from a world before this. I'm from the land that time forgot. I'm from the world before. And when I used to want to meet women, we used to have to go somewhere. Not just anywhere. It wasn't just go to the pub. You go to the pub, there's a football game on, there's no women there, right? You'd have to know what pub women go to. Not only that, you'd have to learn how to talk to them. What works and what doesn't work, and that takes rejection. You have to get women to tell you to fuck off for you to realise your mistakes and learn from them. It takes time. But it was a real interaction. And when you get that positive interaction with someone, when you do go to a bar and you look at a woman over the bar, or you look at them over, over a club, and they look at you back, and there's a little smile, a little connection there, that's real. It's tangible. It's something you can sink your teeth into. It's something you can hold on to. And then when you talk to them and you realise you like them and they like you and you you know, there and then you know this is going somewhere. You swap numbers. Maybe you go home with them if you're lucky, you know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you swap numbers. You talk to them and then you're doing what you're doing with this replica chatbot. You're going back and forth. Hey, blah, 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 chatting to each other. Let's meet up. Yeah, let's meet up. And you meet up and you're nervous and you're happy and, and you're excited. That's a tangible, real feeling you're not getting that tangible realness, that tangible feeling from these chatbots. But also, you're not getting that from Tinder. Now, here is an interesting fact about Tinder that I found out that shocked me. I always thought Tinder would probably have a 50-50 user base, right? Male and female. It doesn't. 75% of all Tinder users are male. So, three to one on every woman, basically. 25% is female. Three to one on every woman. So, for every woman, there's three men on that app. Now, it doesn't mean every woman is getting free men in their DMs. They're getting way more than that. And we'll talk about that as well. So you've already got a stacked deck of cards. It would be like going into a room and there's 100 people in the room, but 25 of them are women and you've got to meet a woman. You're vying for that woman's attention out of a sea of men, like an intimidatingly large level of men in that room. That's what you're dealing with. And then I looked at the success rates on Tinder. The top five most attractive men, and when I say attractive, that could mean monetary value as well, jobs, looks, body, hobbies. The top 5% have success with 60% of all women on Tinder. So out of that 25%, the majority of them are only interested in the top 5% of all men. So the ratio is even harder. So if you're not in that top 5% of all men, you're locked out already from 60% of all those women. It's an insane mathematical statistic. So then you'll be using Tinder and you're like, I'm getting nowhere. I'm getting nowhere. I'm getting zero likes. I'm getting zero success. If I am matching with people, like it's a joke or whatever, you know, because you get these bots on there as well. You get these fake bots trying to use it to get money out of people. So you're sitting there using this dating app and you're getting nowhere. This is why people are turning to the likes of Replica. People aren't going out as much. People aren't meeting people in real life as much. This is just something that has grown over the past like 20 years, literally 20 years, um, maybe even less than that since the invention of the iPhone. But in the last five years, boom, through the roof, absolutely through the roof. So I was like, what is the cause of all this? Like, it can't just be tech. We can't just blame the technology, or can we? You know, we can't just blame the tech. 
and I started looking at the demographics. So younger millennials, they call them zennials, right? Or whatever. I don't know. So the younger demographic of millennials down to Gen Z and then below to the people that are like 17, 18, they are not capable of meeting people in real life. This is something they have a lot of anxiety over. It's something they are scared of. They're not used to it. They were born in a time period. or the, And if they weren't born in a time period where that was already a thing, they were too young to remember what it was like without that being a thing. So you've got a demographic of people who are scared of physical interactions. They're scared to answer the phone to a number they don't know. They won't pick up. Who's that calling me? I'm not answering that. They just don't know, right? They're not going to do it. They avoid eye contact. And it's not like an autism thing or anything like that. This is just who they are now. This is just the generation we've created. And they say it's because they are so used to interacting online. Once they leave school, because they still interact with other kids, they're so used to it that they just don't, they just don't know how to deal with life. They don't know how to deal with reality. So for that generation, these apps like Tinder are their lifeline to relationships. That's how they make relationships now. My generation would joke, you met someone on an online dating app. That's how you met them. Like, oh, well, that's going to last. I mean, that's how my generation would talk about these things. That's how we have talked about these things for years. Up until like five or six years ago, that's how we talk about it. So you have this whole generation of lost kids. And then you get these older generation who are just sad and lonely. You you combine that together and you are got, you've got a recipe for disaster. So I was like, well, okay. So Tinder is a sausage fest. Obviously, we figured that one out. Here's the thing. It's almost as big as a sausage fest as Grinder. So this led me down the pathway of looking into that generations relationship statistics right what they want in life what they want out of life you know what they think of relationships and you find that they have very weird views on sex essentially they're not having a lot of it they're like almost a sexless generation they're having less sex than previous generations ever have and you think well with the internet with only fans with tinder surely they should be having hookups i mean we I've always gone, are oh, these hedonistic fucking young kids are always fucking. They used to say it about kids when I was younger. Oh, teenage pregnancies and all this stuff. They always used to kick off about it. Well, the truth of the matter is these people aren't having sex because they're not meeting each other in real life. They're not going out. They are not having sex with each other. They are not doing things with each other. They're not getting into relationships. The percentage of them that are single is through the roof. Most of them are single. They're not partnering up. They're not meeting people. And there'll be listeners to this going, well, that's a good thing. You know, abstinence, I'm a conservative. That's a good thing. Sex before marriage, brilliant. They're not doing that. And there are going to be other people that will say it's a good thing because they're like, well, fuck relationships, fuck standards. Oh, yeah, that, that's just all a social construct. Relationship, social construct. Gender is a social construct. All these types of people, right? They're out there saying this sort of stuff. They will think it's a good thing too. But for the basis of what humanity is, we need to be fucking guys. We need to, that's kind of how we stay alive. And then you factor in that a lot of these kids are nihilistic. I hate humanity. I hate myself. I hate life. They're like that. They think that like, oh, it's a good thing then actually. I'm doing the right thing by not having sex. This is the attitude they have. And the statistics for this, you can find them, you can look them up or through the fucking roof. I don't want to sound cocky. I don't want to sound weird. I enjoy sex. I think it's a nice thing to have in your life, especially if you are having sex with someone you love. Like, you know, one night stands, they're all right from time to time, but nothing is better than being with someone you love. Like, that is the truth. These people are not finding love. They're finding hookups if they can. And like I said, many of them aren't, right? 5% of men are banging all the women. But anyone outside of that spectrum is just fuck. Kids aren't having sex. 
when I say kids, I mean like 20-year-olds, right? I'm old now. Like I said, I'm 40 in a year and a half. I'll, I'll bring that up every time, so I'm counting it down. Do I need to grow up? Maybe. But they're not having sex. These 20-year-olds aren't having sex. You've you've also got an older generation of like incels and guys who are just not fucking meeting women who feel like women are repulsed by them. Women don't want to talk to them. And that's only getting worse. That's only getting worse. That, that opinion, the incel culture is only going to grow. It's going to be a real problem. I think in the next 10, 15 years, we may see, we've already seen attacks, but I think we will see full-on incel terror attacks if they do not find a way to break, one, the cycle of inceldom, but also break these weird opinions of people not meeting each other in real life and not wanting relationships. If we don't find a way to juggle that, we're going to be in trouble. And then I started looking into like other ways in which tech is replacing things. So now we live in a society where there are billions of people on the planet and out of those billions of people on the planet, there are hundreds of millions of lonely people who are not having relationships, not having sex, not talking to people in real life. They are talking to an AI chatbot. They are swiping on Tinder, trying and hoping and failing to meet someone, and they have nowhere to turn. So where do they turn? Where do they go? Well, I think there's a reason that men's suicide rates are so high. That is a multi-headed hydra male suicides this is just one of the heads so i started thinking about my own life like man do i do stuff like now that i used to do with people did i used to do stuff with people physically that i don't do anymore because i'm sure there are and i I went yeah gaming it's a big one when i was younger uh a teenager i used to have the multi-tap for the playstation one and me and my mates would play like wwe games on there and racing games and we'd do like Tekken tournaments, winner stays on. And there'd be eight of us in a room sometimes. And when someone loses, you swap the controller with someone who's waiting. It's their turn, right? And you just keep rotating until you, you get a turn. And you'll be cheering each other on and messing around. That's how we play games. Well, now I don't play any multiplayer games now. I just don't. I just don't play any at all. I don't really like the online aspect of it. And so I only play video games on my own. It's a solo activity now. And... Even in my early 20s, I would have like girlfriends who liked video games and stuff. And we'd play things like Baldur's Gate together, right? Two of us, controller each, playing it on one screen, playing a game together. Or they were into other games, so maybe they'd watch me play a game for a bit, I'd watch them play a game for a bit, we'd play some two-player games, Mario Kart, all that. Now that's, that's just standard, that's what we do. I don't do that anymore, and I don't do it with friends, I don't do it with anyone play games on my own and if i do play an online game the rarity that i play an online game i'm playing against strangers or with strangers i'm not playing it with friends i'm playing it against strangers with strangers i think the last time i played an online game with people i knew was destiny 2 that was the last time i played it with with people i knew it was a lot of fun to do that because i knew him in real life and we meet in real life and then we play games and it felt okay. But that's one that I do. And I was thinking like friendships. Now, this is a double-edged sword for me because I moved away from London where my friends were. I had to make new friends here in Guernsey. And I, I did. I made some very good friends, some very nice people, some, some cool people. And I see them from time to time. We used to see them a lot more. We used to go drinking a lot more. But, but that kind of changed when our local bar closed, the bar we went to closed. There was never one place that people go to. Now there's multiple places that the same people go to. So you never really bump into them. And outside of the podcast, I'm not really, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, a, I'm an adult male. I'm busy. I can't be out every night. I can't be seeing people every night. There are even times where I want to go and do something, but I've got, like, I'm double booked. 
Like I've got a meal booked with family or something. So I don't see my friends as much as I want to. I'd like to see them more, but I don't see them as much as I want to. But I do spend a lot of time talking to friends on the internet. I do have a lot of friends I've never met in real life. People that I only know because of the internet. And when I think about those friends, like if I was to sit here and analyse like people I know online, I know I, in real life I would be friends with them. They don't live anywhere near me. It's great that I can connect with them over the internet, but it's not the same. And that if you could meet them in real life and hang out with them in real life rather than online in a chat, sharing memes, you would. You would definitely meet them. If you could meet these people in the pub, you would. You can't. So it's something we've replaced ourselves with. So we now got a generation of people who majority of their friendships are online. I'm stacking these up. They are not having sex. They use apps to meet people in real life to have sex, but not many of them are having success with that. They're not having relationships. And they're talking to AIs to get a sense of belonging and love in their life. And I think, fuck, we're, this, is, this is not going very well, is it? This seems to be heading in a weird direction. Not really sure I'm happy about this. Now, some of these lonely people, these people talking to Replica, they used to go to work and they used to talk to their work colleagues at the very least. If they served customers, they would talk to customers. But then lockdown came along and office workers were sent home to work from home. Workers in like restaurant workers and stuff like that that were allowed to do takeaways, they had to keep distance, wear masks, fucking stay six feet away from each other. They weren't really allowed to interact. They weren't allowed to give each other a high five. They weren't allowed to touch each other. None of that. They had to fucking stay apart from each other. When you went to the supermarket yourself, even outside of work, you couldn't say to the, you couldn't really stop and chat to the cashier. You couldn't, you know, you weren't around people mingling because you had to stay apart. You're all sectioned off from each other. So now you've lost physical, like just day to day seeing people. You've lost that. But when that ended, we are habitual creatures. We're creatures of habit. Humans are really bad for it. We, we fucking find a habit, we'll stick to it and we'll, we'll cling on to it to dear life and never want to let it go. Like we'll go to the restaurant that we like and we'll eat the same fucking meal every time because we like that meal. We've never tried anything else on the menu. There could be other stuff on the menu we like, but we're sticking to this one because we already know we like it. Right? That's what kind of people we are. So once we went into lockdown and we got used to it, a lot of people just went, oh, this is who I am now. Um, this is what I do now. I, I just work from home. And a lot of businesses realized they could save money on office space by allowing their workers to work from home. So we're going to stack that on this card as well. We're going to stack that up with everything else I've said. So we're going to call him Jimmy, right? Jimmy, not the geezer from Yellowstone, just an, another Jimmy. Jimmy is getting up every morning. He's chatting to his chatbot. He's trying to meet a woman on Tinder. No success. He has no friends that he talks to face to face. It's all online. When he plays video games, he either plays it online with people or plays it on his own. When he goes to work, he's sat in his house working on a laptop, responding to emails. There's no phone calls, maybe an odd Zoom call here and there, but that's that's not going so well anymore either. Zoom calls, are not they're not a thing of the past. They still very much happen, but people are realizing that they can send an email rather than schedule a meeting. So that started to happen. What is his life now? He's, he's confined within his home. He's basically a four-waller. Now we factor in the fact that people just order food. While you could order food before your supermarket and all this, it was always existing. We had to. There was a point in time where going to the supermarket, we were told not to do it. We had to do this instead. We had to sit ourselves down and fucking order our food to come to our house every single week. That's what we had to do. And we're people of habit, we started to do that. So now Jimmy is sitting there. He doesn't go to the supermarket. He just orders a takeaway or he orders his shopping to turn up. And because of how he lives, 
The guy will ring the bell, he leaves it outside, Jimmy comes down and gets it, and they don't even say hello to each other. There's no passing conversation. Jimmy's not really leaving the house. He's not He's not doing anything. He's sort of stuck there. He's doing nothing. So that's been piled on there as well. Then we look at upcoming technologies and the one that is being pushed by the World Economic Forum, by Facebook, by Microsoft, by Sony, by all these big computing companies and social media companies, is VR. Now, the metaverse looks shit, so at the moment, it's not taken off. But once that starts to take off, that's going to be another one you can throw on this list because Jimmy will be putting his helmet on and he'll be sitting in his helmet all day, interacting with avatars of other people and getting these short dopamine hits from it that make him feel like he's happy. But the reality is he's miserable. He's lonely. And each of these things is just a way of dealing with his loneliness. He's on pills. He's got the doctor sending him prescriptions for fucking drugs. He's, he's trying to make himself happy. Maybe he's self-medicating. He's drinking too much. But he still has a desire for sex in a way. He may be scared of meeting people in real life. Maybe not know how to meet people in life. Maybe he's jerking off to his AI avatar every now and then. He's also watching a lot of pornography. He is watching a distorted non-realistic version of sexual intercourse maybe he's looking at this two three times a day and each and every time he does it he becomes more and more addicted to what he's looking at to a point that the stuff that he used to look at ain't doing it for him anymore he needs to be more and more extreme and he's just basically destroying his sexual functionality that if he did ever meet a person in real life he may even have a problem with being able to perform because of his addiction to pornography you may think oh that won't happen no this is a real thing it's been going on for a while now there are multiple studies on it of men who cannot come because of pornography when they are when they are with a woman they cannot get off because it's alien to them they do not know how it feels they're used to their hand they're used to the visual stimulation they're used to watching something that is unrealistic they're used to watching a subservient woman or a dominating woman or whatever it is they're watching. They're used to certain positions that they like. Maybe they only watch doggy style porn. So if it's not doggy style, they can't get into it. Maybe they only watch anal. Maybe they only watch trans. Maybe they only watch whatever, right? Maybe they only like blowjob porn. I don't want to be gross. I'm trying not to be gross. Maybe that's all they're into. So now when they are with a real life woman, they're kind of not into it. And not only is this happening to people like our little character we've created jimmy it's happening to like married men like i hear it all the time i listen to a lot of podcasts and i hear people that sometimes they let their guard down and they're like you know i've been having a real trouble with my erection recently and they'll, they'll say something like that well i'm fine when i'm watching porn it's when i'm trying to do it in real life it's when i'm trying to have sex with my wife when i'm trying to have sex with my girlfriend i mean i know someone a uh, girl who told me something similar i'm not going to name anyone her partner now needs porn to have sex with her they have to put porn on in the room for him to have sex with her. And it makes her sad. It makes her upset. But she wants to have, she loves him. She wants to have sex with him. And it's the only way he can get off. Soon, people will be having sex with VR helmets on. If they're having sex with each other, that is, you know, in, rather than a blow-up doll or some sort of contraption. But they're going to definitely be doing that with VR helmets on. So if she, if she wants to ride the guy what with a VR helmet on where she's in a room with a fucking bear man with a with 12 cocks she can do that and if he wants to have her on top of him with a vr helmet on and have her look like fucking hillary clinton i don't know something disgusting that no one else would want to look at if he if he had if he had her looking like that whatever the fuck he wanted her to have 12 cocks too he can right 
And people go, oh, that's all right. That's what they're into. They don't, don't kink shame. Don't this. It's not what they're into. It's what they've grown into. Because if you look at um, statistics through pornography, people seek more and more extremes because what, like I already said, what they started with, which was like saying just normal sex, is not doing it for them anymore because they've become addicted because they're jerking off so much that they're addicted to jerking off that they need it to up the ante. We don't have any discipline anymore in our society. Like we've become so nihilistic. And, and it gets to me sometimes, not so much anymore. It did for a while. There was a point in time where I changed the nature of this podcast to include crime and to push out video games because I, I kind of went, I'm sick of talking about them. And they're not fun anymore. And the discourse on video games is either woke vs anti-woke. That's kind of how that conversation goes. And you can keep having it, but I'm sick of having it. I'm not really happy with the state of video games. I don't think they're as good anymore. I, don't, I think now we, we've seen it, especially since, since these lockdowns and stuff. There have not been many bangers. There's been about five over the course of like three years that have been bangers that you want to play there was a point in time where you get three or four great games a year and a, a, along with multitude of other just good games that you you know time sinks that you want to play so i changed the podcast up changed the name of the podcast um and we lost about 25 to 30 percent of our listeners and i was like fuck i always thought people liked the podcast they like because they like the hosts of the podcast they like the takes of the hosts of the podcast. And they also like the subject matter. But I thought the personalities were the driving force of the podcast. So it's just something I believed. Because for me, that's kind of how it is. You know, like uh, I will listen to podcast hosts I like interviewing someone I have no interest in, someone I've never heard of, or talking to someone about a subject I know nothing about, like bats or something. And be thoroughly entertained. And the reason I've put it on is because I like the host. I like the person. Oh, this could be interesting. I wonder what they talk about. I wonder what they, they bring up. I like his personality. And I kind of took it personally. I was like, all right. So there were people that literally only listened to hear about video games. Nothing else. They weren't interested in our personalities, the humor, nothing. They were just interested in hearing about games. 30% of the audience was interested in that. And it got me down a little bit. And this happened during a time period where I was noticing the nihilism everywhere just in the street people don't smile anymore people don't say hello to each other when you pass them morning they don't do any of that you get on the bus everyone's looking at their phone just fucking glued to tiktok flick 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 and it was getting me down it was bringing me down and i managed to kick myself out of it because i needed the i needed to just do it myself that's how that's how that's how i deal with mental health for me i have to just go right that's enough get on with it and it started a chain reaction, really, of how I feel about technology. I've changed my opinion on technology. Now, I still think technology is a great, wonderful thing, and I will always argue the positives of it because I don't want to be a hypocrite, right? But I've come to this sort of point where, as humans, we need discipline. We need it so much, and regimentation in life so much, and we're at a point now where we've broken the seal, and there are so many, there are, two, there are more undisciplined people in the world then there are disciplined people in the world. And that spreads. There are more hateful people in the world. There are more people that hate their own existence. There are less godly people in the world. I'm an atheist, right? So I've always been godless, right? But there are less people who believe in God. There are less people that have things they strive for. There are less people that have something they believe in. And all they have is doom and gloom and hatred and the political hatred and this division. That's all they have in their lives. 
And I think technology has caused this. I think the way we interact with technology has caused this. I think we are addicted to technology. I think we are replacing our lives with technology. And I think that the people who are in power, the people who are in the global 1% like this, I think that it is so much more profitable for them in multitude of ways to go, hey, if everyone works from home, we don't have to pay office space, the electricity bill, the internet bill. We don't have to pay any of that. We'll keep them at home for the jobs that have to stay at home. So these people save money. That's brilliant. Hmm. If we do away with supermarkets altogether and we just make every supermarket a sorting center, we only need 10 staff and we just have 10 staff and drivers will pick it up and take it off. We, we don't need to hire any more staff. We don't need to deal with people coming and going from the shop. We don't even need lights on. Like there are factories now. And I know this because I used to work in the supply chain, right? And one of the things that was being advertised to me as the head of like a warehouse and as the head of a supply chain were lights that activate when you walk under them, like the ones you get outside. But these were quicker to turn off and they would actually turn off when they stopped detecting movement at all. And you would have these in your factory, right? So the factory would be dark unless a human was in it. So now the workers, right, would be working in a factory that is dark all the time apart from their workspace. And if they have to walk to another area, the lights will turn on above their heads. And I was like, that is a grim reality. And they say it's for climate change because they like to use climate change, right? But it's not. It's for profits. Now they pay less on their electricity bill. If the light only turned on when someone was in the room, you pay less on that electricity bill because the lights are going to be off unless you, well, I don't need to fucking explain it. Jesus Christ, you're not stupid. You're not children. So I know that personally that that's happening. And I just look at it and think it's all about the profit for the people at the top. You stay indoors, you order your food, the food arrives to your house. You do not go out for entertainment, you stream everything. You do not need to meet people because you are addicted to pornography and they can sell you ads on the pornography. You have no friendships, no relationships that aren't on a screen. And because of lockdowns, you've got used to talking to Granny over her. She's managed to figure Skype out. She's managed to figure out her iPad. Right? You don't need to see granny every week. You can just fucking phone her and, and talk to her over a video screen. So you're not interacting with your family as much. This to them is ideal, ideal because you, you staying indoors and consuming products is the optimum thing they can do with you. The only thing they wish they could do more is earn more off you. But they are from selling your data, from the advertising and revenue, from you using your own electricity and stuff in your house uh, for bills or whatever and it used to be i don't know if it's still around but there used to be a point in time where you used to get paid if you had to work from home for whatever reason like office was getting renovated and everyone had to work from home for three weeks you used to be able to claim back your electricity bill your phone bill and all that from work but when lockdown came in people just accepted that that's what they had to do and they don't get they didn't get refunded their money from their workplace all these people stayed at home and worked from home didn't get refunded for their electricity bill didn't get refunded for their internet their phone bill they didn't get refunded for any of it and now that you've accepted it, they just want you to continue to do this. We've got automation, driverless cars on the way. Driving jobs will go out the window once they kick off. I think we're in trouble. And I don't want to sound alarmist because I think that the way around it is to just say no and get out of your fucking house. And we could all do this. Everyone listening could do this. I don't want to single anyone out. I don't want anyone to sit there and go, man, I literally stay indoors masturbating all day watching films and playing video games. Sam's a cunt because he just, he just fucking mugged me off. No, these, these apps, these things were designed to make you addicted. It's not on you. It's not on you that you got addicted to it. You know, TikTok's another one. 
today on my bus, I, I turned around, everyone was looking at their phone. I was the only one who wasn't. I was looking out the window, looking at the lovely view of the sea. And I was like, why the fuck are you not looking around? You're not making eye contact. You're all on your phone. And most of them were on TikTok because I could see them swiping up. And I was like, again, there's a reason YouTube have brought in shorts, Facebook and Instagram have got reels. It's because TikTok figured out that this is the most addictive way to keep you on their phone. And YouTube are like, fuck, we want, we want them to be addicted to us. That They're all going to TikTok. We need them back on YouTube. Fuck it, we'll introduce the same thing. Short. Instagram, Facebook, Reels, we're doing the same thing. We need people to watch these shitty videos. And they are shitty videos, and here's why. If you are someone who watches videos on TikTok, I want you to do this one thing the next time you pick up TikTok. I want you to turn the sound off on your phone, and I want you to tell me how long it takes you to get bored. Don't turn the sound back on. Go, no, I want to see what this video is saying. Flick through with no sound and tell me how quickly you get bored because these people pulling weird faces to music brrr, all that stuff right that's what you do to babies goo goo gaga brrr, like that's what you do to babies you don't that's 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 what you do to entertain them that's not meant to be entertaining for humans you might oh, well I, I, no i like these videos like turn the sound off and tell me how much you like them then but once you remove one of the sensory ports from these videos they are shit and you can do the other one close your eyes close your eyes just listen to the sound and flick through and you'll start going mm, not funny not entertaining all you got to do is remove one of your senses that is being stimulated and these things suddenly become pointless. This all goes back to my original point about replacement theory. We are replacing human interaction with vacuous digital interactions. And I'm not the bringer of doom. I'm not the harbinger of doom because I think that we can break this through discipline. I myself recently have broken a lot of my habits through discipline. I'll name a couple of them pornography i just don't watch it i just said i'm not doing it i'm not watching it right video games i play less like i actually time myself ordering out i make a habit now on my way home from work to go to the shop buy my food to spend time making it like not just going and buying a ready meal like to to buy the ingredients and make it myself like these are something i've taken time to do so these are just some of the things i've done personally i've just said to myself i'm going to do it and what i did with video games is i like to write I was writing a novel early last year that was going really well and I got halfway through it and a big factor was a takeover of a social media company was part of the story and then Elon bought Twitter and I went I can't write this anymore because people would think I copied that from this and I stopped writing it. I recently started writing it again. I thought of a new idea to replace that idea so I was like oh now I thought of this new idea I can write. I've been writing some children's stories which sounds completely weird I think to people who listen to this podcast, like, why are you writing kids' stories? I have a niece who has ADHD and a few other like learning difficulties in the UK. She's nine years old. And my sister reads her bedtime stories and things like that. And she has a really bad attention span, obviously. So what I've been doing is I've just been writing these little stories for my sister to read out to her. And through conversations with my sister, it was like, you should probably put these out in the world. And I was like, really? Yeah, you should put these out in the world. So I've been sitting there and spending time to write these short little kids stories. And they're meant to be bedtime stories for, you know, like eight to 10 year olds, eight to 11 year olds, right? That parent who wants to read to the kid can sit there and read a story. And each of them, I've kind of put a little message in them, a uh, message about looking after yourself, being friendly, you know, like they've got a moral background. Like the shit I used to read when I was a kid, you used to have like a moral fucking standing, right? You used to have... So I've been writing that and I'm going to publish that myself. I've been writing this novel again, going to publish that myself. I'm also writing a fantasy script for... A role-playing game now i do not know how to make a video game i do not have 
a company that are willing to pay me for my script. I'm just writing the script. Once it's finished, I'm going to see what I can do with it. Hopefully I can find other people. Oh yeah, well, I can program games and I've always wanted to make an RPG, but I suck at the story side or I don't really know what to do or where to go with the story or the characters or whatever. And I'll go, well, here's mine. We can get together and get a music person to help me to create the music. We can do we get a music person, the fucking musician, get a musician to help create music for it. We can get an artist to help make character designs for it. We can build it from the ground up. We can do it all together and we can release this ourselves through Steam or whatever, right? That, that's, that's something... That's something I'm thinking of doing. And I've been writing. And because I've been writing, I said to myself, I need to not come home and go, right, I'm having lunch. And after lunch, I'll do a bit of hoovering or whatever, have a little tidy up. Right, it's half past one. It's two o'clock. Fuck it. I'm just going to play video games from now on. What I've told myself is I'm going to write for two hours every day. For two hours every day, I'm going to write one of my projects if i'm stuck on one i can flip to the other one that's kind of how my mind has worked with it and it does work and force myself through discipline to do it these are just two little ways of doing things and, and like i said pornography like i not saying i watched a lot of pornography i was not a coomer but you'd get bored and you'd be like, oh, I have a wank but that's what i was doing with it and i just said well no like if i am bored i need to do something else and the weird thing is i bought an exercise bike right and I said to myself, if I'm bored, I'm going to jump on the fucking exercise bike for half hour. And that's what I've been doing instead. I've been lifting weights again instead. When I'm when I can't write, when I'm video games or watching a movie or something, don't do it for me. And I'm like, oh, I'm twiddling my thumbs. Instead of just going online and doom scrolling on an app. Instead of that, I'm going, fuck it. I'm jumping on the exercise bike. Fuck it. I'm doing weights for half hour. Fuck it. I'm going to use this rowing machine. That's kind of how I've been doing it. But I've had to mentally do, I've mentally had to sit there and say, I'm going to do these things instead of what I was doing. I'm not going to rely on the technology to do things for me because not only is it doing things for me, it's guiding me in a certain direction and it's not guiding me in the direction of nature. So if anyone thinks I'm singling them out or feels offended by this, look, I too have had these problems. I too have fallen into these traps. I don't want to be in these traps. I don't want any of us to be in these traps. There has to be ways with our own discipline to find our ways out of it. So that is the end of this. There are two versions of this, as you, most people know. There's a version with music, which will have a final song once I've finished talking. And then there's the monologue. So for the people with the monologue, cheers for listening. Thanks for listening to this monologue. I hope you answer me. I hope you uh, reply, send me messages, send me emails, whatever it is to let me know about this. Also, I'm writing a weekly sort of blog thing over on our Patreon. And the weekly blog is not part of the paid Patreon. It's just going to be on there for people to see the paid parts of the patreon are like little extras that come around as and when sometimes they won't happen for two or three months and it might be a cut part of an episode where there's a half hour bit that was cut out because it was off topic all that stuff is going on the patreon as and when they happen any live stuff i want to do is i've done a few little live things in the past and i did a live twitter thing all that will be announced on the patreon and if you want to go check it out you don't have to give me two dollars you don't have to do that uh, you can check out some of it that's on there for free but any of the paid content is going to be locked off. But the blog is on there, so please go check that out. They're just little updates, little things I'm talking about. I've done two so far. For two weeks in a row, I was consistent enough to actually put out two blogs. I already know what my next week's one's going to kind of be about, so that's good. So for the people that listen to Monologue, that's me signing off for you. But for the people that listen to the radio version, you've got another song. So look forward to that. I'll hopefully try and do another radio show next week, but I can't promise anything. We do, however, have this incel-related serial killer, mass shooting, actually, to talk about uh, that me and Scott have been researching all week. 
It's a fucking crazy story. It's a mental story. We will be the only podcast with an episode about him out there by the looks of it. There are episodes that kind of tackle it, but they're mostly talking about incel crime and he's just part of it. And it's actually interesting for us to go into this one without having many podcasts or things to listen to ourselves to get information from and to draw information from so the research is really ground up and we had to do some digging because this guy had a youtube channel that has been deleted since his crimes which i wish they wouldn't do that oh this guy committed a crime delete his entire internet existence and no one can know anything about him no don't there's researchers for podcasts and true crime shows and whatever they need to know about this but i managed to track down some of his videos so me and scott have found these videos we'll be watched some of these videos um and we're going to be talking all about that i'm not going to announce the name of the killer just yet because i don't want people to go and research it themselves i want you to be surprised and hear it from us for the first time and that we coming very very soon because we were about to record that over the next three or four days we'll be recording that so yeah here's your final song i hope you don't bore anyone with these monologues like this some people do get a bit no they do all right but i know some people are oh they're a bit long it's like they're only like 40 minutes to an hour they're not they're not that long maybe even less than that sometimes but anyway thanks for this one i'm gonna try and do another radio show next week uh i want to talk about this constance martin woman and uh, her runaway and the, her history with being in a cult and they killed a baby and all this stuff and it's such a new crime don't know if we would do a episode on it for a while not until the court case but i've got some thoughts about it so that will be another radio show episode i also had an interesting interaction with a communist at my work the other day which was very very strange and he was a very defiant communist he, he, he kind of tried to argue with me over his belief system it went about as well as you can expect so i will be doing i wish i'd recorded it i know i know that's out of order to do that but there was i wish i just got my phone out and just pressed record and kept it in my pocket it would have been blurry it would have been uh, you know not the best sound quality but i wish i'd recorded the conversation because i think people would have got a lot out of the conversation to hear it but i'm going to go over that conversation on a radio show at some point anyway for those leaving us now for those who listen to the monologue have a good weekend have a good day have a good time whatever it is wherever you are in the world whatever time it is i hope you're having a good one for those who listen to the radio show version of this enjoy the last song and i'll see you all soon